Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in. We've got another great show for you today. 
Yeah, today we interview Dr. Jordan Wiggins, and Jordan is a naturopathic doctor, entrepreneur, women's sexual health disruptor, and an author. She is revolutionizing the way we deliver educate and talk about sexual health, wellness, and pleasure for women. She also owns and operates Health Overall, the premier naturopathic wellness clinic for women in Toronto. And Jordan is an expert on hormone and mood imbalances, libido, biomaker testing, and providing individualized health care so that her patients see results and are empowered to take control of their own journey to optimal health. And most importantly, she just had a little baby girl that is 12 days old and we were really honored that she took the time to come on the show today yeah that's uh something i'll never experience obviously but <laughs> with the 12 year old 12 day 12 old, year old 12 day, 12 day i was day not old. let me tell you i was not doing interviews when stella was 12 days old <laughs> put it yeah. that way so <laughs> props that's, to jordan that's for sure and and today we talk about something in detail that we haven't really had a whole show on and that is Finding pleasure in your relationship and with yourself by discovering what it is that you want and learning to ask for it. And Jordan gives some great tips for doing just that, for understanding what it is that we want, maybe the underlying need there, and then how to ask for it from our partner. And sometimes it's not something we always need or should be asking for. And Jordan gives us some specific examples and some really great tips in today's show. She does. And all you moms out there that may be telling yourself or asking yourself what it is that you want. And then before you even figure it out, having that crazy mom guilt. Well, we we talk about that in today's show. So stay tuned to hear a little bit on what Jordan says uh, in regarding that. And I'm not complaining, but dad guilt is a thing too. Not Not the same. <laughs> It is. It is. All right, guys. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show, sending us emails, subscribing to our newsletter, um, where you'll get the free Happy Couple 14-Day Challenge, checking out the Spark My Relationship course. We are enrolling people almost daily and having a lot of great feedback from that. So we appreciate everything and we hope you enjoy the show. Before we jump into today's interview, we want to tell you about our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign yes. me up. <laughs> then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. 
Spark Mind Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hi, Jordan. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, Sarah and Chase. I'm so happy to be here. Today, we're going to talk about something that Sarah and I are both excited to talk about because a lot of times the shows tend to have, I don't know, like a negative connotation because we're dealing with difficult subjects of improving communication or if you're arguing. And and today we're going to talk about how to find pleasure in your relationship and with yourself. So the way I'm thinking about that is like all the the positive things to instead of fixing communication, we can say, how can we find pleasure in the relationship? So let's jump right in, Jordan, and talk about how you think about finding pleasure in relationships. I realized that pleasure was the missing piece. It was the missing piece for the women that I worked for in my private um, medical practice. And it was the missing piece in their relationships. And if you want to use communication as an example, when we're looking at it as something to fix, and we do have that negative connotation, it just feels heavy and not like something that you want to work on. Um, But when we take it from a pleasure focus, like how can we improve our communication and make it something that my partner and I want to do together, it, that there's an entire shift that happens and it becomes a project or not even, I say project or homework, Mm -hmm. lifetime student. So I love to (laughs) use those words, but it, it becomes something that the couple can work on together and it's fun and it's light and it's playful, um, which really seems to make a difference. And I do want to say, I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure because we seem to think that that's, um, a taboo word. That's definitely a big part of the work that I do, but it's also about how do we find pleasure in the day-to-day when we work and we care for kids and maybe now we're also homeschooling them because of the pandemic. So with more and more on our plate, um, how do we find the joy? How can we make that shift? Let's say someone listens to this podcast and and all of our other shows and and they're 
they're in this mindset of like, I got to fix this. I got to fix that. And they're, they're losing the pleasure. Um, and it's not fun maybe for themselves or the other partner to, to be working on the relationship. How can people make that mindset shift and maybe some tools and, and practices? That's a really great question. And people are often um, not happy with my answer right away. So (laughs) the mindset shift, this has to be internal work first. So each individual in the relationship needs to make that decision for themselves. So what are little things that I could do during my day to bring me more joy? Do I want to be eating the toast crusts off my kid's plate um, instead of making myself my own delicious breakfast? Or do I want to listen to music or a podcast on my way to work? So little things throughout the day that you can start sprinkling in to make you feel better. I find especially in my work with women, taking time for themselves, spending money on themselves, especially if they perceive it as, you know, time away from kids, there's all this guilt and shame that surrounds it. And really flipping that mindset and thinking about, you know, putting on your own air mask first. And we talk a lot about you can't pour from an empty cup. So each individual in the relationship needs to be fulfilled in their own right first. And then the work that they can do as a couple is so much more seamless and so much more enjoyable when you come at it from that approach. Because people always want to work with me um, as the couple, but I always do individuals first. And then we work together on the, the couple together. I love how you mentioned doing those little things throughout the day to make you feel better. And then really, like you said, the importance of not having that guilt, because as a mother, mom guilt is super, super strong. And it's hard to put that aside, even when you know it's the best thing for yourself. And even if you know that if you take care of yourself, you'll be a better mom, it's it's still so hard. So I love that you stress that in, in terms of working internally on yourself. Yeah. And I'm learning that firsthand now yeah my new daughter yeah um and even though I've done the work the research you know watched women make these transformations so I even went into becoming a mom knowing these things and it's fascinating when I think to myself yesterday evening I just wanted to take a bath Mm -hmm. But I felt so bad and almost even you feel bad asking Mm -hmm. to say to your partner, like, hey, can you watch the baby? I'm going to go take a bath. And it's all these all these steps along the way. So if I was going to summarize it, it's knowing what you want and knowing what will make you feel better, which is a huge, huge area. Um more so for women than than men and chase you can correct me if you <laughs> if uh, you disagree but when i ask women like what do you need 
what do you desire? What's going to make you feel better in this moment? I get met with a blank stare or tears most Mm. of the time. Yeah. And more times than not, um, men will be able to say, I just love to go and um, play around a golf with my buddies. I'd feel great. Or they, they're better at, you know, doing those things from time to time. Um, women seem to get so lost, especially after children, putting others first and their needs at the bottom of the to-do list that we kind of need to unearth what do they even want to begin with. It's such an important thing just to come to that realization. Obviously, I can't speak for women, but I seen Sarah put others' needs, Stella's needs in front of hers all the time. I think it's a natural thing, maybe a motherly instinct, but yeah, it can really have a negative effect over time. And I, I experienced dad guilt, I guess, in a sense, but it, I feel like it's, it's uh, obviously different for men and women. And it's important, this, this idea to bring up that, that, taking the time for yourself, whether that's giving yourself permission to take a bath, you know, and and not have the kid. And I want to ask you how a partner can come to this realization, do the work, but then communicate with their partner. Hey, this is where I'm at. I'm trying to find more time for myself so that it can then become a collaborative um, endeavor and, and then benefit the relationship. That's exactly the point. So figure out what you want and then being able to ask for it is an entire other (laughs) um, area of work. And I usually spend about a month on this with my private clients because there's being able to communicate these needs in a way that um, come off as collaborative and helpful for the family unit and the couple itself is really interesting. And the fact that I started on this work with women with low libido, and we were talking about asking for for what you want in the bedroom, which is even harder than saying, hey, I need to take a bath. Um, We we start with changing the the belief system and this is part of the pleasure mindset. So what I often witnessed happening was we wouldn't be, especially women, we wouldn't be able to ask for what we truly wanted, like the big full idea of what we really wanted. So we'd ask for a piece of it. So I'll use an example of, you know, maybe you want a new car. I'm just going to say, we'll make it something monetary so that it makes easy to understand. Um, And you don't really know why you can't put your finger on it, but you desire a new car, something that works better, going to function better, you feel safer in, but there's all these things that come up. Maybe you don't deserve it, or maybe you're worried about, you know, using, asking for the money for it or suggesting that you need something new. So instead of coming out and saying, you know, the kind of car you want, you try and ask for something smaller or settle for something less. 
but then you're not really happy and you're not really satisfied with the lesser ask. And then that puts disdain in the relationship. So instead of asking for the Audi, you ask for a, you know, a Kia or a Chevy or something. And then your husband and you, like, you go and pick that up, up, you go pick up your Chevy, but you're not excited. So you're underwhelmed and your partner's underwhelmed and can't figure out why. Because you didn't really ask for what you wanted to begin with. I want to get into asking for what you want, but maybe why is it that particularly women, but I think men may do this too, uh, have trouble doing that? I think it's conditioning from years past when um, we had less resources and women were kind of property and they were married as, and we can go back in, you know, in history and kind of see how things shifted. So a really good wife was someone, especially during times of like famine or war, was someone that didn't ask for anything and didn't use a lot of resources or spend money. And it's sort of like that conditioning, don't take up space, don't be, you know, big, bold, bossy. (laughs) And um, it's all the things that we sort of there's these qualities for men or the masculine that we revere in our society. But if a women, if women embody them, they're bossy, nasty, you know, um, too assertive. So we can, our relationships and our roles in relationships, like women work outside of the home, they earn money and contribute as well to relationships now, but we still seem to have that old mindset from the past. Have you ever worked with a client who worked with you on learning how to express what they wanted and then they did that with their partner and maybe they started that transition, but then the partner became very resistant to that because they then had to accept Less, for example, maybe they had to then spend more time with their children because the other partner wanted time to themselves. Did you ever experience that where there's that resistance to that change and that transition from the other partner? It's the fear, and this comes up all the time, the fear of that happening is always greater than when we actually go through this practice with couples. Because when you do the ask and it's the full ask and you communicate it properly because we're not taught these things, right? We're never taught like, here's how, um, here's assertive communication for couples 101. Like we don't Mm -hmm. take that class in school, but yet we're all trying to make relationships work. So um, when you ask for something and it is a true need, your partner hears it differently. It doesn't sound like nagging. It doesn't sound like you're trying to control. It's just, here's my desire and will you help me fulfill it? And a big part of our work is knowing that 
your partner gets to have a yes or a no. And we're not trying to control or manipulate. We just get to ask. But when you do ask and it comes from a genuine heart-centered place, it is amazing how people will say, I can't believe it. My partner was just on board. They just said yes. (laughs) And we, um, because they can see how, how much you need it and what it does for the relationship after it happens. Like when you come home from your time away and you are refreshed and, um, you have so much more energy and fulfillment to put back into the relationship. Then now all of a sudden um, you have the energy to support your partner's needs and vice versa. So we're giving from the excess at that point. Can you give a specific example of a dialogue of what it might sound like to ask for something assertively and then also Share with our listeners who might be terrified of doing this, of starting to ask for what they want, maybe some tools to to get over that or to work through it. For sure. So always get really clear on what it is that you want and ask yourself, is this all of it? Because um, we don't want to be asking for a piece of cake when we want the whole cake. So when you're very clear on the ask and you're clear that it's not, um, it's, it's in alignment with what you want and where you want, what you want for your partner. It's not, you know, some old stuff coming up that you're trying to punish them for, but it's just truly, this is what I want. Then how you're going to communicate that is start with the context and give them something, let them know how you're feeling. So for example, um, I'll use my, my example with my newborn. I'd say, you know, honey, I'm feeling not like myself at all anymore. I'm anxious and kind of mourning my old life a bit where I used to put a dress on and go to work. And now I'm at home changing diapers, breastfeeding. And what I would really love to do right now is hop in the bath. Now that comes across as something because you set it up with context first. It's not like we're pointing fingers and saying, you know, well, you got to leave the house and work all day. So now, you know, we're not accusing, we're just saying context, and then we're asking for what we need. And it really helps if we can be specific about what it is that we want. So where I see a lot of couples go wrong is they can ask for something like, you know, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling like you love me anymore. We give the, so we give very vague statements, but if I'm saying, I don't feel like myself, I feel out of sorts. Would it be all right if you 
watch the baby for 30 minutes while I go take a bath. Like that's a specific need and we're not showing any, any blame. That's perfect. And obviously there's hundreds of thousands of examples of different situations, but I think this gives a good picture of the idea to not be accusatory towards our partner because even though we may feel like we want to communicate, hey, could you just watch the kid? I got to take a bath. I'm super stressed out. The partner, even if that's true and maybe the partner hasn't been helping and they should be watching the kid, it's going to usually create a downward spiral of communication and and now both sides aren't really seeing and hearing each other. So it's and it's a practice because in the moment when you're super stressed out or you're angry or you're triggered, it's a lot harder to take that pause and, and communicate uh, our needs or even identify our needs um, in the first place. But before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Uberlube. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether you're alone or with your partner. So if you don't know, now you know. And <laughs> if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Uber Lube truly is for everyone. Thousands of doctors recommend Uber Lube as their go-to solution for patients experiencing dryness. Uber Lube's simple ingredients list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to other lubricants. And people can use Uberlube outside of the bedroom for hair control, like for frizziness, for chafing for those athletes, for massages, and so much more. And Uberlube lets your skin feel like skin. Lube is supposed to enhance touch, not to overpower it. So Uberlube adds a thin layer that leads to just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-to-skin -skin sensations. And... For those of you that can't see in the dark, which is probably all of you, unless you're Spider-Man and you're listening, or Batman. Or Batman, Cat Eye Vision. There you go. <laughs> Uber Lube's measured pumps allow you to dispense the perfect amount of product every time, even in the dark. So right now they're offering ID Podcast listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code IDO at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Use the code IDO at uberlube.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Sakara. The holiday season is quickly approaching, which means a lot of late nights, rich foods, and probably one too many drinks. This year, treat you and your loved ones to a gift of radiant health by preparing healthy meals that also taste great. With Sakara, you can reach your health goals without sacrificing taste. Sakara sent us four days worth of meals, and let me tell you, it caused so many arguments in the house because everybody wanted to try a meal, including Stella. So I had my mom, my stepdad, Stella, and me all fighting for these Saqqara meals. The flavor is just amazing. I cannot tell you how fresh and organic the ingredients were. And for me, the best part is it comes already prepared. So the salad, I just took it out of the fridge and ate it right away. And a few of the meals needed to be heated up. So I just 
plop the soups on the stove and heated up some of the pastas. And the packaging is so easy to read. The ones that had a little bit of directions on how to heat up was super simple. And I just can't stress how delicious and how fresh the ingredients were. So let me tell you a little bit more about Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. The menu of ready-to-eat chef-curated breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you never get bored, and it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. Along with these delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to help support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash I do or enter the code I do at checkout. That's Sakara S A K. A-R-A dot com slash I do to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash I do. I couldn't agree more. And once there is that triggering, we all know how hard it is to bring it back to like, what is the fundamental need and what's going to bring me joy. So if we can avoid that by sort of here's the context and the context is not accusatory. It's just about how I am as the individual am feeling what's the ask, make it specific. And then the only thing, which is even um, harder, but really makes a difference is you accept the outcome as sort of the last step. So once you've done the ask, you allow your partner the agency to say yes or no because we're not again we're not trying to control we're just speaking about what our our desires are and I think that's a big one because sometimes when you know there's been tensions in a relationship for a while um, and we see this one a lot with mismatched libidos that Anytime you're bringing up a topic that's been a difficult topic or a topic that's created stress in a relationship, um, it's easy. It's super, super easy to get triggered. So always starting with context and having that context relate to your true desire, um, it goes so much more seamlessly that way. Let's talk a little bit about the accepting the yes or no. So I'm just thinking of different situations and you mentioned libido and let's say there's a mismatch and you make your desires clear through the way we talked about communicating and your partner says no. They say, okay, no, I'm not good with having sex more frequently. To me, it's like yes, no, or maybe, or <laughs> compromise. So how, <laughs> how can someone deal with that situation? Because if it's just a hard no, it's like, well, let's meet in the middle. Is that, it seems like that's the path we need to be working towards. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
For sure. And hard no's feel like hitting a brick wall. And I'm sure we've all experienced that, you know, repeatedly in relationships. And that's never, never fun. And that's part of the fear of asking because people fear getting a no. They fear the rejection. They fear saying, you know, I'd love to have sex more often because they don't want to be shut down. And then it creates that dynamic and it could be with sex or, or anything. Um, but when, so if I was working with someone and that was like chase the example that you just said, and you know, I want to have sex more frequently, what we would work on is what is the deeper desire under that ask? Because oftentimes frequency isn't really what the issue is. It's, you know, I want to feel close to you. I want you to look at me the way you used to look at me. Um, like there's a, there's a deeper need underneath because for most women that I work with, and I'm, I'm saying this cause it's the like statistical norm that women want sex less frequently, or I work with a lot of women that don't care if they ever have sex ever again. Um, that's how much they've really turned off their desire or how out of touch they are with it. So if you have a relationship where women don't want to have sex, they don't care about it ever again, and you have a partner that's saying, I want sex more frequently, then where is the desire and the deeper need for both parties? So for the partner that's the higher desire, it's usually about connection and about that's how they express their love is through physical touch. So maybe it's about asking, you know, can we give each other massages or can we you know, take a shower together or something where there's physical contact, but it's not quite um, intercourse, say. And for the lower desire partner, is it they feel like they give and give and give, never do anything for themselves, and sex is just one more thing on the to-do list that they have to do. Um, so, both parties really need to get clear on what's the deeper need beyond frequency. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And that could probably apply to other things outside of just sex. If we have an ask or a desire, but getting down to the, the deeper need um, below it. And that's, to me, where the real work is and challenging and then communicating that's also hard. So just thinking back to your example of wanting to take a, a bath and, and asking for a partner to help out. It's like the bath, definitely you could feel like you need the bath, but maybe the deeper need is you need to feel like your partner is helping and also cares about the baby. And is that something that makes sense? So for what we want to be careful is our desires, we, 
want to be really clear is what do I desire as an individual and what do I desire for um, my partnership? So for me wanting a bath, that was really, I could feel myself just, you know, getting a little anxious, ruminating. I wasn't really sure what was off, but I knew that a bath would make me feel better. And in that moment, it had absolutely nothing to do with my partner. I just needed a little alone time, you know, where I could soak and be with my thoughts and, you know, have these amazing Epsom salts that just got delivered earlier that day. Like I could just feel really great. And then if I didn't ask, what probably would have happened is I would have let my anxious thoughts, um, I would have started communicating about those or about my fears and it wouldn't have gotten, it would have ended us in a, in a bad place that night going to bed where <laughs> neither of us were happy. But when we're, if we're desiring something and it's about someone else's behavior, we want to be careful with those ones because that's where, and I don't, manipulation's like a harsh word, but pure, really pure desires are for, for us individually. And then desires where we want to change someone else's behavior, we've got to get a little more clear on what it is that we actually want. So if you're fearful or if you're uncertain and want to know, hey, I want my partner to care for the kid and, and show that, you know, he's invested in everything, that's a different, a different conversation, which would be if I was going through those steps of what's the context, what's the ask, make it specific and let go of the outcome. If I was going through those four steps it would be a different conversation. It would be, I'm here all day. You you get to go back to work, back to your old life. I'm feeling a little envious and I feel like you might not be as invested in caring for our daughter as I am. Is that the case? So it would be sort of two different conversations. If it's about, his behavior, or if it's about my need. In that same conversation, would it be appropriate to just tell your partner what it is exactly that you want? Or is it important first to hear where they're coming from before you give any more asks? I would get super clear on just what is it that I need. And I knew in that moment for me, it was the bath. I needed my alone time because I knew I was headed for mm -hmm. <laughs> a spiral with my postpartum hormones. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was fair to put that on him and make him carry that emotional weight. I just needed to go take a little time for myself. And then I could come back much more rejuvenated. And then at that point, if I felt like I was worried about his commitment to our relationship, I would have said it at that point when my cup was full, not when I was triggered and anxious at the beginning. Because then it's just a so much more productive conversation when it's coming from 
you know, a place of clarity as opposed to when you're emotionally triggered and it's just much more, much more heated and way more likely to go sideways. So all of this is going to be super helpful in improving the relationship. And it really starts within, with ourselves. And we started the conversation with talking about finding pleasure in the relationship and with ourselves. And to me, if we are able to practice this of identifying what our desires are and, and being able to communicate them with our partner, but not looking for our partner to solve them or fulfill them, then we're going to find more pleasure in our relationships. Exactly. If we realize what we want, how to ask for it. And cause we're setting our partner up for a win when we know exactly what we want. And this is work. It's, this sounds simple, right? But this is, this is work that I work with clients for 12 weeks or sometimes six months on because it sounds easy when I say it. And when you hear it, it's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But when you go to do it yourself, all the conditioning, all the practicing poor communication for the length of your relationships, that all kicks in. So it's about, you know, this is a practice. Pleasure mindset is something that you need to practice every single day. And it becomes a part of a way of life. How do I make myself feel better? How can I have a pleasurable conversation about this where my partner feels um, like they have agency to help me get what I need and I feel fulfilled because I have what I need. And then I in turn have more energy to pour back in for my partner to have their needs met. And then we're, yeah, we're just in this, um, it comes from like an overflow or abundance at that point, but it's, it's the shift that we all have to make and get used to implementing daily. It's a muscle for sure. And you've given us and our listeners some great tools to develop it. Before we wrap up, Jordan, can you just give us the four steps you talked about um, in regards to shifting to the pleasure mindset and then anything else you want to add? Tell the listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Well, you definitely want to know what your desire is or what your ask is and get really clear on that. And that's something you can practice daily by asking yourself, what could I do to add more pleasure, more joy to this moment right now? And anytime you're feeling frustrated, exhausted, um, asking yourself that question and really listening to what comes up is going to be the, the key first step. Because if we don't know what we want, how can we possibly ask for it? So the first step is, what do I desire? The second step is, how can I ask for it? And then when we're asking, that asking part sort of has three steps. What's the context? What's the ask? So we're basically repeating our desire and we're making it more specific. The third step is accepting the outcome and letting go. And that's 
knowing that our partner has the right to say yes or no to the desire or even add their own to the mix, which can, um, when we're both coming from a place of honesty and being authentic about what would bring us more joy, that's when we really start to see the, the healing and the mindset shift to move forward in a relationship from a place that both parties are really excited and energized to work on it together. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you are interested in this work at all, I wrote a book called The Pink Canary, The Hidden Secret to Women's Wellness. And it talks all about this stuff there. It's actionable because anything that I teach, I always want to make sure that there are steps that you can follow. So there's worksheets in that book um, to help you with all of this at the end of every chapter. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded women, I have the Pleasure Mindset Bootcamp. Um, it's a free group which you can access at thepleasurecollective.com forward slash pleasure dash mindset dash bootcamp. Wonderful. Well, we'll have the links to that group as well as your book on our show notes and in the web- on our website at idpodcast.com. And Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the interview, especially with your newborn baby. That's so exciting. And again, congratulations. Thanks, Chase and Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, There are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com